the government is us, and we're we're doing things right. The stupidity. Men have men have been getting on my nerves lately. Wow! 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 She's got tremendous hatred. So you are a uh, you're a racist and a sexist, says Kamala Harris. That's a way to get a vote, isn't it? <laughs> So on Tuesday, you will vote for government uh, getting more involved in health care or less. I'll talk to a local voter about it. That's this hour. And Obama is right. You heard me. Barack Obama is right. That's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Maybe we'll talk about that this hour. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio as the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, friend and brother Richard Lee. What is this, the fourth week without my dear friend and brother? Richard Lee, uh, about three, four weeks ago, had surgery, uh, cancer surgery, to make him cancer-free. And then uh, an infection set in, and Richard has not been out of the hospital, but for maybe a week of that. He is still there, remains there. We cover your prayers for the Lee household. Um, And he is uh, all doped up trying to get healthy and better and hopefully as prayers um are heard he'll be back here next week with me uh so continue to play for richard all right we're up and running mark's here fun lines are open 454-1366 454-1366 all right coming up in the program you won't um you want to miss this at 435 i've got a guest that posted a comment on senator chase's facebook page that caught my attention I thought, that's an interesting comment about freedom. And I I sent a message on Facebook, because you can reply to these things. I'm still not a very big Facebook user. I mean, obviously, we're live on our Facebook page, and we try to post on our Facebook page. But I I, I simply asked this, this person to join me on air. She said yes. So uh, I will have a guest with me at 435. To discuss the post, Lisa Friedman will be joining me at 435 to discuss something she posted on Senator Chase's page. Now, I, I can tell you that we disagree, so it might be a, a really interesting conversation. I'm very excited about it, and, and quite honestly, I'm impressed. It doesn't happen. I, there's no way in a million years that I expect her to join me, and she actually agreed to. So that's coming up at 435. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun at 5. It's an, kind of an annual event for us right before the election. Uh, you are more powerful than a president. I'm going to explain that and why Tuesday is a very important day. And then, of course, uh, Norm Leahy joins me from the Washington Post to talk about the election. Jam-packed show. Promise you it should be good. 454-1366. I was, I was digging through the, the piles of candy that was left over from Halloween last night. I think the trick-or-treaters are starting to not do this so much. I think they, they, they go to a location and have a party. I, I only had, like, maybe my doorbell rang six times. I got a bucket of candy. And I don't know what to do with it. Except eat it. And I don't want to eat it. And I'm a very picky candy guy. Most people think, oh, I just love candy of any kind. But whoever invented these, what do they call these things, the... uh not kale candy corn sucks i hate that that's no good who eats that stuff um but the uh, i'm very selective it's the I'm, I'm actually trying to blow it up around my phone what are these things called these are uh uh the little sweets or 
the little candy look like mints and you put them in your mouth, but they're terrible, terrible candy. Um, milk duds suck. The Butterfinger's awful. Who wants those things? This Whopper, I hate the Whoppers. They're, they're, they're terrible. If I'm having to eat candy, I want, this is my order, in case you care. I got peanut M&M's, number one on my list, and not a single butt of candy I had were peanut M&M's. My second is these Reese's peanut butter cups. They're, they're awesome. I could eat my weight in those things, which, by the way, is going down. I'm trying to lose weight. And there's Almond Joy. I'm a fan of Almond Joys. And, and the Kit. The Kit Kat? Yeah, Kit Kat. That's good, too. Anyway, you want candy? I will ship it to you free of charge. I've got plenty. Interesting thing happened, though. My neighbor came over last night and said, hey, will you do me a favor? I said, sure. What do you need? Will you take all of our candy and just put it on my porch with a note saying, take as many as you want? I was like, what, what, where are you going to be? He goes, well, we're going to Italy for nine days, and not, I don't want to miss Halloween. Say so you you want your candy sitting up. That ruins the, That's not even the point. Why don't you just not leave your lights on? I mean, when I was a kid, we just skipped the house. It didn't have lights, but you're actually going to turn your lights on. You want me to set the candy out there so they can, yeah, I, I you know, want to make sure that they like the house. Did anyone else do that? Does anyone else leave candy out on the steps? And is it, that's the case, how long does it last? I bet if I was a kid and walked up to a house that had the candy sitting, I think I'd probably just take the whole thing. 454-1366, is that you? All right, coming up, the, uh, the, the this and Tuesday's a big day. It's election day. And what's interesting is Barack Obama said something this week about what goes on during elections, especially on college campuses. And I actually agree with him. He criticized his own flake group of people. He criticized his own woke culture. He criticized college campuses. And I found myself like, what? This might be the only thing I agree with Barack Obama. He actually said it quite eloquently, like people he always call me did. Spock for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, here he is at this um, Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago a couple days ago. Listen to this. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Man, he touched, his pauses are forever. Speak, man! For the love of everybody, where's this radio? We don't have time for you to pause. People who you are fighting. Yes. May love their kids. They do. Yes. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Particularly on college campuses. Now, who could he be talking about? You know, are there college campuses loaded with conservative, rabid Republicans running around wreaking havoc? No. Obama's talking about his own leftist viewpoint people. These college campuses are loaded with these, these kids who are out of control. He, he goes further. But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like, if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb, or then 
I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself. Because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> He's right. You know, that's not, that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Hmm. See, did you, you find that interesting? Barack Obama, who says pretty much everything I disagree with on the planet. I mean, there's, you know, he always had his great statements. We love planet. I don't know, Mark, maybe we should pull some clips of that and pull that every now and then. But he's talking about this, this woke society, the social media being a problem and how people just throw rocks. That is his entire left today. It's exactly who he's identifying. It'd be wonderful if they actually listened to him and said throwing rocks and, 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 and wreaking com- complete havoc is, is not helpful. You want an example of this? This is who he might be talking about. Austin, Texas had the Texas Values Group get together in Austin to defend some things that are happening in their schools. And part of the leftist woke society that Obama was just talking about wouldn't allow the press conference. That means just simple people who cared about what was being taught to their kids in school. That's not allowed because the woke left group showed up. They were black trans. And here's how it went. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, well, I have been directly involved in this battle professionally for almost a year. One black transgender woman fatally shot. Today, where black transgender woman? I am speaking as a father of three young children. Apartment. You kind of get the point. I wonder if black trans lives matter. That's painful. All right. So um wish I would listen to Barack Obama. I mean, I wish somebody would have said, um, you know, hey, um, Barack's right. This isn't getting us very far. In fact, it's just throwing rocks. I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. All right, coming up, speaking of making things up, you won't believe what Kamala Harris thinks is the problem. It's the elephant in the room, as she states it. It's race and sexism holding her back. You won't believe it. That and your phone calls, 454-1366-454-1366-92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Hold on one second. I can't hear myself. Like Patrick Henry. Preferring freedom to a false promise of utopia. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. I don't know. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. <laughs> I, guess it'd be, I guess it's okay to agree with Barack Obama from time to time. I mean, don't get me wrong, not on policy. Not a single policy that I remember that was uh, brilliant by the man. It was pure well, leftist I, stuff. I, I think I was a thug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um... But, hey, he's right about that. There's no question about um, his, his position on this woke society, this, this, this culture that is found on our college campuses is detrimental to, to America. He's right about that. And, and uh, that's a good thing. Kamala Harris, on the other hand, is completely wrong. Kamala Harris pretty much slammed the voters and blamed you for her downward fall. 
You see, it can't be her fault. It can't be the fact that she sucks or her policies are worse or America just doesn't like her. No, America's racist and sexist. And what I believe to be the elephant in the room about my campaign. What is that? Electability. What do you mean? Electability. You know, essentially, is America ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the United States? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. It's never because they just don't like you. It's always because of race or gender. This is the American left, and it is a default position. It is. America is racist. America's sexist. America sucks. It's horrible. Look how bad it is. I'm the most wonderful human being, but I'm black and a female, and America is just awful because they won't support me. Wow. You think that's you're, you're clinging to something there a little bit? I mean, the, <laughs> bitter clinger, exactly. She continues. America was ready for a black man to be president of the United States. And this conversation happened for him. Yeah. It maybe did, but look what happened. That evil, racist America elected Barack Obama twice. Come on, Harris, stop. You're not a victim. You're not racially mistreated. You're not mistreated because you're a woman. In fact, I would argue it's the very opposite in America today. Because you're a woman, you've been this far. Because you're a woman, you get special treatment. But no, she wants to be the victim. There is a lack of ability or a difficult, a difficulty in imagining that someone who we have never seen can do a job <laughs> that has been done, you know, 45 times by someone who is not that person. Mm. You know what? There's nobody. I, I'm just I'm going to go way out. There's no one who thinks this way. Nobody is against Kamala Harris because she's a black woman. Nobody. Now, they're against her. Because of her policies, they're against her because she is extreme leftist. No doubt about that. She came here to uh, actually campaign uh, with Kathy Tran on the abortion bill that essentially allows you to kill a baby after it's born in a botched abortion. This is the reason people don't like you, Kamala Harris. Maybe also because you're very arrogant, you're a little condescending, and you lecture us about being racist, sexist. People don't like that. It's But isn't everything about race today? I mean, the American left will beat you down and call you a racist if you don't agree with them. And apparently, by not agreeing with Kamala Harris's campaign, you are a racist sexist. I mean, could you imagine any Republican standing up and saying, look, the reason you don't like me is because I'm a Christian white male. I mean, America would go, what? I don't know if that's it. Um, but she gets away with it. But this isn't the only place that deals with race and, and this political. Well, everything is politics with, with race now. In Chicago, and in the, in the, actually the suburbs of Chicago called Oak Park, one of the uh, trustees on the local government board says that the white people shouldn't even speak on issues because they've been white their whole lives. Do you see what's happening in our culture? We are, somebody's dividing us by race. And you know what? It's not Trump. It's not Republicans. It's Democrats and the woke among us who see everything in political, racist, sexist views. 
Some are horrible people, horrible <laughs> human beings. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. I mean, seriously. You know, you don't see Trump talking about color of people's skin. He talks about issues. He talks about Mexico and in general, but he's not doing it because of the color of their skin. Listen to this woman. Listen to this woman, Susan Buchanan, in uh, Oak Park, Chicago, lecturing the people on the board who were talking about equity. The topic of equity came up. The interesting thing is she's lecturing a guy who... Um, Anan Abu Talib is his name. He's from the Gaza Strip. And apparently he's not um, dark enough in skin. He's too white. Listen to this. This is unbelievable in our country. You shouldn't have an opinion on I that. Met this is I met with constituents of yeah. color. And quite honestly, some of the feedback was... You can't have an opinion on equity? You shouldn't even have an opinion. Look at your skin. Wow. We've come a long way in America, haven't we? I don't think it's for the good, though, by the way. They're actually, I think we were during just a few years ago when Barack Obama was president. We didn't seem to have this problem. Now you're telling me this is the most racist country in the world and white people can't even have an opinion on equity. Oh, she continues to go insane. Some of this wording was ridiculous. No. Birth. You have been white from birth. White from birth. Well, that's it. White from birth. Checked out. Done. You can't even speak. You've been white since birth. If you weren't white since birth. I mean, if you're a white later, if you, if you became white like when you were five, it'd be okay. But since birth, you were white? Well, that cancel it out. Every opinion you have, every thought, every idea of truth is irrelevant. You've been white since birth. From birth. <laughs> Why are you arguing what is a system of oppression? You've never experienced one. So what? What does that have to do with the truth of anything? So now no one can speak on any issue unless they actually experience the issue. That's a pretty narrow band for any topic. Mm -hmm. okay. So shut up! Shut up! I don't want to hear from you! Just stop! Just stop! Stop, Dan. Stop, Dino. You are not oppressed, and I'm, people in Oak Park are, and we are trying to recognize that as a community. Mm -hmm. This mayor and this board is obviously not willing to face history. We have a chance to make history. It is time for this community. She's crazy. To um, face equity enough. And you stop it. You are a white male. You true. stop it. You are a white male. Your skin is light enough. Stop it. Wow. She is she's out of control. But you know what? Is that the typical American left today? Kamala Harris and her two peas in the same pod. Your phone calls next. Four, five, four, 1366, four, five, four, 1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. In the mold of Madison, Jefferson and Henry, real Virginians, the Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. My long friend, time friend is... <laughs> What My long that? friend, time friend. <laughs> That's for real. They My should... long friend, time friend, and she's a friend. She's... No, why wouldn't he stop? And go, long okay, friend, hang on. time friend, she's a friend. Why we wouldn't... travel through time. <laughs> oh. I hope Joe Biden gets a nomination. That's just too fun right there. You know what else that clip did for me? I miss Richard. The show is a thousand percent better with the only two-headed talk show in the Commonwealth. And for 17 years here in Richmond, it has been Richard and I. Thank you, sir. I miss you, bud. 
Um, he, Richard's in the hospital. He'd be back um, as soon as he can. He's got an infection. He's fighting it. Your prayers are coveted. Prayers, I mean. I mean prayers, not thoughts and prayers. And actually, the Lee brothers still believe in prayers. I know it sounds weird in America, but we do. And we don't have, there is a party that says, don't pray. We don't want your prayers anymore or your thoughts. I don't even want thoughts. I just want prayers. That would be very good for Richard. I mean, what is what is going on? You have been white from birth. <laughs> You've been white from birth. It's interesting that she would put that in there, isn't it? White from birth. I mean, what's the alternative? Can you actually not be white from birth? And why is there such a reaction from so many in our country to color of skin? I thought we wanted to be beyond this. I thought we wanted to look beyond the color of someone's skin and judge people by the content of their character. But everything is, our entire policies are designed around the color of people's skin. And we judge people by the color of people's skin, apparently, here at Oak Park, uh, Chicago, right there. If you're white, you can't speak on these issues. I'll hopefully get to it uh, in the second hour, but Fairfax County, their entire school system is now based on this equity model that looks at the color of people's skin. I would love to move on, quite honestly. I think our country does. Our country's not racist. The people around us aren't racist. Every day in our lives, we work hard around people who are different, and there's never a problem except in politics. In politics, we're told we're mean, nasty, racist, sexist people. I refuse to believe it. All right, coming up, a special guest. Lisa Friedman's going to join me about a post she uh, did on Amanda Chase's Facebook page. It's going to be fun to talk about. 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Lee and Lee, the trial lawyers of political talk radio, the Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city on rock and roll. Yeah. We built this city on rock and roll. Just after 4.34, outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend, and my brother. Sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Richard is uh, not with me today again. He is uh, in the hospital recovering from surgery. He's got an infection, so I covet your prayers as we uh, move forward in the Lee household. He will be back. He actually sounded uh, awful today. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Uh, no, he, he was all drugged up, so that's his excuse. Otherwise, he sounds phenomenal. Uh, Richard, miss you. Hope you uh, come back soon and get well, my friend. Many people are praying for you. All right. Elections bring about great deals of emotion. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have one every year. So about this time every year, people are going crazy. They're writing posts and Facebook comments and Twitters and texting. And it's all so far removed from a personal interaction. It's as if we're going to change minds and hearts by posting something on a Facebook page or on a Twitter account or an email. I prefer it much closer, actually. So I'm looking over a uh, Senator Amanda Chase post. She posts after the Family Foundation Gala. She posts this. Do you value family? Do you value life? Do you value your freedoms we share today? 
If so, make sure you vote in the direction of freedom or socialism you decide. I'm reading through the comments, and I came across this comment, which I thought was interesting, from Lisa Friedman. It said, I honestly have not researched who is for freedom yet. What is freedom, she says. I know we have our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights, speech and firearms, great. What about the freedom to change jobs without losing health care? Now, I stopped right there and I thought, that's interesting. Should we have freedom in that regard? What would that look like? Did the founding fathers sit back and go, you know what, since this whole freedom conversation, when you change jobs, it's really not freedom if you can't keep your health care. I think they left that more to the private sector than to the public one. The Post went on to say, currently I have three choices as a working taxpayer. I didn't choose any of the plans that my employer chose. What if they decided to fire me because I can, they can find someone cheaper? What choice do I have by COBRA insurance until I find a job that will provide me insurance? How long do I have to wait? Can they make me a contract employee? How long will I have to wait? I will vote for someone that endorses Medicare for all, a cost savings to me. I thought it was an interesting post, so I replied and said, Lisa, will you join me on air? And she said, yes. Most impressive. So joining me right now is Lisa Friedman. You're on the phone with the Lee brothers, or at least me, Scott Lee. Lisa, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I am. uh, Let me just say thank you because I'm actually impressed. You know, I actually put out a lot of requests to have conversations on the air with people, and I always get a no. I don't know if that's a personal (laughs) thing or if there's, I must offend them immediately. But um, I appreciate your time here. So um, what district do you currently live in, by the way, if I may ask? I live in Colonial Heights. So that's um, that's not District 11, then? I have no idea. <laughs> Do you know what district you live in? No. I live in Colonial Heights, Virginia. I work in Baltimore, Maryland. Who, who's, your, who's your House of Delegates member? I have no idea. Who's it sh- says that Amanda Chase is. I have no idea. Well, she's a state <laughs> senator. I was going to ask you who your state senator is, too. You don't know who your House of Delegates member is? I know nothing about Virginia state politics. You know nothing, nothing. about Virginia state? You live in Virginia? I do. I have for three years. So, oh, you don't know who your state or, okay. Um, I know who my senator is, my state senator. Who's I mean, that? The um, U.S. senator is Mark Warner. Uh, we have two. What's the other one? It's Kim Kane. Do you know who your congressman is? Um, McKetchen. McKeachin's your congressman. That, that's, yes, that's, that's actually correct. Um, so, but you, so you're active politically, but you don't know who your state delegate is or, you're, and you're, or you don't even know what district you're in. But you're, you're, right. you're posting on Senator Amanda Chase's Facebook page, and, and, but she is apparently your state senator. So you knew that, right? Well, I assumed it was. That's who Facebook um, at, where they target your political affiliation, I assume she is. Yeah, Facebook kind of just puts it out there, and you can kind of pick up. I don't know that it narrows down to your... No, no, no. It actually narrowed it down to who's your state or your representative kind of thing. So I believe your House of Delegates member might be Kurt Cox. Are you familiar yes. with that name? Yes, I've seen his um, postings throughout yeah. my neighborhood. Great. He's a, yes. he's a speaker. Great guy. What would would it be fair to uh, to to say that your political persuasion is probably more left of center? 
I would say I am more democratic socialist than right. Okay. Any other thing? Yes. Left, okay. if you want to call it that, right. I think I'm a little bit further left. So, before I ask you about the post, are you familiar with the Enumerated Powers Act in the in the Constitution? Have you heard that term before? Enumerated powers? No, I have not. So, in Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, that tells you what the federal government can do, and then the the rest of the Constitution actually limits the federal government and leaves the power to the people. I, I say that only in the context of our conversation here before we get started. So let me go to your post real quick. Help me understand what you mean when you say, I want freedom to change jobs without losing health care. Help, help me understand that. Help you understand that? Well, currently we have a for-profit insurance um, thing, and I think it's insane because I'm a taxpayer, I get zero benefits for that, but I help pay for less fortunate people to have insurance, which I'm fine with. I don't have a problem with that, but I just find it sickening that in the United States of America, the richest country in the world, we have a third of our population that is either uninsured or underinsured. I think that's a sin. I think it's a shame, and everybody is, wants to talk about is yeah, it. A, but you ahead. say, you put it in the context of freedom. In other words, it's a right, yes. right? Yes. By virtue of being born, you have the right to live a healthy life, no? Is that, is, should that be a, something you do on your own, or should that right be paid for by someone else? Paid for by somebody else, as in my tax dollars paying for Correct. school. Correct. In other words, no, no children in school. No, uh, in other words, what I'm saying <laughs> is if someone wants health care, or in your particular argument here, you, you, you think that um, health care is a right, but to have yeah. to access health care, you've got to force someone to pay for it, right? Yes, tax dollars, just like with police and firefighters and... Well, that's more, that's more of a community that service than an individual service. And if I walked up to my neighbor and knocked on the door and said, excuse me, I want you to pay for my health care, that's a personal... That's a personal investment, and no one really does that, but they vote for politicians to do it. You're suggesting that people could, in fact, should or actually ask their neighbor to pay for their health care. I'm not asking anybody to pay for anything for me. I'm paying for my own. Well, okay, so you're not... <laughs> I'm just you're not, saying that... I'm, I'm, I'm saying that... Here, I'm going to explain it. Okay. My tax dollars pay for people to have health insurance, people less fortunate, which is great. But I see no benefit from that. And I'm just saying that, why are we paying insurance executives millions of dollars a year to tell me no, that I can't have a prescription, even though I've paid for insurance so I could go and get this prescription? What a great question. I think, Lisa, you actually are speaking for a lot of people who are frustrated with the insurance companies who do that. Is it your position to say that since the free market health insurance company is so bad that the government should run it and they'd do better? Yes. What has been your experience with the government to give you that confidence? My experience with the government from that confidence? Um, well, I guess it's more of the lack of trust in free market when it comes to healthcare. So, so let's suggest that uh, you get your way and government runs all the health insurance industry, including the insurance, by the way, um, and something goes wrong. Would you be able to sue the government? No. 
Can you sue you your health insurance company now? today? Can you can you sue no. your you, you can't sue your health insurance company no. today? No. You can't? Are you sure about that? So you feel more I'm confident. I'm absolutely sure that if I pay a premium and they tell me no, there is no recourse as in no, we're not paying for that prescription and no, we're not paying for that and no, we're not paying for that, even you, though you have a recourse. in good faith, I pay that. Here's my argument. You have a recourse because in the free market system, you can actually sue an insurance company and you can't really sue the government. But the bigger picture, Lisa, I think I want you to see here is, is by turning over your health insurance and health to the government, they now control more of your life. So they would control what services you get, not just how to pay, but services. Currently, health insurance only decides how to pay for it. They don't tell you you can't have the service. They just say, yes, we're not going to pay for it. You could still get the but service. The government, the government is not going to tell you that you can't have, with a Medicare care for all system, ask any senior if they're not allowed to go to a Doctor, do, do you know what happens, Lisa, if we turn Medicare to all for everybody? You don't think the government's going to try to control costs by dictating what service you get? They are going to allow no. it. They no. will absolutely restrict you and your and your rights. See, government to me scares me more than a health insurance company who can't take anything away from me and can't limit me. They only pay for things. The government does it all. Doesn't that scare you, Lisa? Not at all. You're not afraid of a government that's too big that can take all these things away and give them to you? How are they going to take them away if they give them to you? If every We Lisa, have Medicare for all for people over 65 now. And it's, a, and it's a disaster financially. No, it's not a disaster financially. How, how can I get we you to see that? Choosing. How can I, I, I get you to see that we're <laughs> wasting money? I, I, don't agree, I don't disagree that we're wasting money. The difference between you and me is I have absolute zero confidence in a government to take care of me. I'm actually a whole lot more confident in a free market to do that. If the health insurance companies weren't paying your senators and my senators and everybody else $400 million a year, I would see your point. But since they are controlling the government now so that we can't have it, I assume that it's much better that we do have it. Not with government. It would be disastrous. It'd be disastrous, Lisa. I, I, uh, we do not want government running our health care. But I see what you're saying. And by the way, thank you. They're not you. running your health care. Your doctor is going to run your health care. Okay. Your doctor is going to say what medication you need. Your doctor is going to send you to a specialist when you need to see a specialist. And government, since the government's not going to tell you that you can't go see a specialist. It's Lisa, you are unfamiliar with the way governments work. Oh. You just are. Look across the world. Every example of government running everything has been an absolute disaster for you and your freedom. You trust in government. I trust in, in people and free markets. That's really the way we should go. Lisa, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you took courage for you to participate with me here. Lisa Friedman, a voter from Colonial Heights. All right, your phone call's next on this. I want to elaborate just a bit more on the Medicaid for All and, and uh, Medicare for All, what it really means, and your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. I am literally, uh, I'm, I'm in shock. 
When we've come to the point where people in America actually put their trust in government, it is a scary place, folks. We've lost any idea of past, what we fought for, what Jefferson had in mind, what what Madison did with the Constitution and enumerated powers. The, the, The idea that we would put our hope and trust in a government and our health care program, as Lisa described, is so scary to me, and she can't even see it. The last thing she said is government won't tell you what services you can have. Yeah, Lisa, they already do that. And when they're paying for it, they will absolutely tell you what services you can have. Not only will they not pay it, They won't allow you to do it. That is exactly what government does. Currently, under, actually not currently, because right now we have a complete debacle. We have government trying to manage and regulate our health insurance to make it impossible to be affordable. Meanwhile, forcing everyone into a government program. It's like government has created a problem and then government offers a solution, which is more government. And people like Lisa buy into that. They're like, yes, that's great. Our health insurance companies suck. So therefore, trust the government. Is there anything more scary? I I don't know how to explain to people that government that is controlling every aspect of your life, if they're paying for it, they can mandate what you eat. They can mandate all kinds of things. And you think everybody on Medicare, that they're not going to tell you how to live your life? I beg people to see this. Let me give you an analogy that I think works pretty good for this. And I hope Lisa's still listening. Or at least people like Lisa, which she called herself a democratic socialist, which means people just vote for socialism. The The, the current health insurance we have for health care is a mess. Insurance, by definition, now listen carefully, insurance by definition is a transfer of risk. You're only supposed to use insurance if something catastrophic happens to you. Now, we screwed all that up. Insurance pays for everything now, so no wonder it's outrageous. So here's the analogy I want to want to show you. Your automobile insurance, how it works right now, it's catastrophic. It's there to protect you in case you get hurt, but also others if you hurt others, and it's catastrophic. But if you took your car and you get an oil change and you turn it into your insurance, what's going to happen? Now, follow this. Don't lose me. Two things will happen. One is the insurance company is going to say, we don't cover oil changes. And you're going to go, that's ridiculous. You should cover them. And so the automobile insurance will go, fine. If we cover oil changes, then we're going to have to raise the cost to your premiums. Then another thing happens. The good year, wherever you're getting oil changed, will say, oh, you're not paying for it anymore? Your insurance company is good. The cost of the oil change is now $79. Wait a minute, it was 29 a few minutes ago. Well, why do you care? Your insurance company's paying for it. So the insurance company now assumes the right to pay for oil changes. Your premiums go up because the cost is, is detrimental. The oil changes go up because you're not paying for it. And then one thing leads to another. You're paying more for your auto, auto insurance. You're demanding more out of your auto insurance. Now when you go get your car washed, you need new tires. Guess what you're doing? You're turning over to your auto insurance. Your premiums go up. Auto insurance becomes outrageous. Then government steps in and they go to the auto insurance people and they go, you people are making a tremendous amount of money. This is ridiculous. From now on, we're putting a regulation on you. For every auto insurance you provide to anybody, you must cover 
tires. You must cover car washes. You must cover copays. And they go to Goodyear, wherever you get the oil change, and they put restrictions on them. What a disaster it would be. Welcome to the health insurance industry. Lisa, you want more of that? No, because the system was set up to make Lisa hate the health insurance companies, not even recognizing that the reason they suck is because of government regulations. Lisa, if you want to be able to pay, Lisa, people like you, democratic socialists, if you want to be able to pay for insurance, get government out of the way. Why can't you buy health insurance the way you want to? Why should I be forced to buy health insurance that covers abortions for people? Why why should I be forced to do that? See, Medicare for all would make all of us pay for abortions, make all of us pay for transgender surgery. It would be a train wreck of massive proportions. Do not put your trust in kings and queens in a far-off land surrounded by a beltway to take care of you, little serf and peasant, as they pat us on the head. It's a disaster. I think the idea of freedom has been lost by so many. Now we have this idea that freedom means someone has to pay for my health care. It's, it's just, it's crazy. I just beg of you to look at history to see what happens when governments get control of the lives of people. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. James Madison and George Washington would be so proud. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. Patriots against socialism at every turn. So, Lisa, thank you for joining me. What a great phone call to really enlighten where we are. Medicare for all was her demand is what she really wanted. That would eliminate every health insurance company in existence because it's for profit, Scott. Oh, Elizabeth Warren came out this week. She's calling for nearly nine trillion dollar tax on employers to fund a Medicare for all program. Nine trillion. This is the other problem. You think health and health uh, care is expensive now? Wait till it's free. There's plenty of money in this world. <laughs> There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. Well, with Elizabeth Warren, she's going to fix that. She's going to raise twenty trillion in taxes on employers. That won't hurt you. Don't worry. No, when your employer is paying more taxes, it makes it better for you. We are giving away in the tax code about $1.3 trillion a year. And Tim Kaine wants it, too. She's got a $20 trillion of taxes on financial firms, giant corporations, and those evil top 1% earners, all for the sake of giving you Medicare for All, which will be a disaster in quality, in cost, in access. You think it's going to get better? You are being lied to. The answer to health care is get government out of it, not more involved in it. All right, coming up. This election on Tuesday, yeah, it involves health care, but it also involves some scary things. What does the left think is at stake on Tuesday? I'm going to share it with you. And Norm Leahy from the Washington Post, all coming up in the next hour. And hopefully uh, we'll get an update from Richard Lee, too, as he is in the hospital recovering. 
and your phone calls. 454-1366. We, the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. <laughs> it works every time. The government is us, and we're, we're doing things right. The stupidity. Men have, men have been getting on my nerves lately. Wow, wow, wow. She's got tremendous hatred. My favorite one, actually. Tremendous hatred. All right, so you, yes, you, on November 5th, will be more powerful than a president. Wait till I explain that. That'd be very good. Norm Leahy from Washington Post joins me to talk about the election. And what what does the left think is at stake on Tuesday? It's it's unbelievable. It's not even real, but it's next. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show outside the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee. And I miss my brother, Richard Lee, who is still in the hospital. It's been a tough month. My co-host, my friend, my dear brother, has uh, had surgery, I guess, four weeks ago. He was out for a while, back in. He's got an infection. He's fighting, fighting a lot. And I appreciate your prayers for the Lee household as Richard is uh, doing his best to get back here um, as soon as possible. And I trust and know that he'll be out in time to vote because... It's very, very important. It sounds cliche. All right, phone lines are open, 454-1366, 454-1366. Coming up at 535, Norm Leahy is going to join me, old-time friend. Miss him dearly. It's going to be good to catch up with him from the Washington Post. Long-time friend. My long friend, time friend is... <laughs> okay. Long friend, time friend, Norm Leahy. Actually, Mark, when we inter- when we bring him on, I want you to play that. That's actually perfect. All right, so we do have an election on Tuesday, and, you know, I thought about this because this is really the last show before the election, and, and, and that's why it, it, towards the end of this, this hour, I'm going to share with you um, how you can be more powerful than a president, and it, it's actually an annual tribute, and you'll like it and appreciate it. But, but I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to come on the air on our last show before the election, and I'm going to tell everyone what's at risk if you don't get out there and vote for good free market conservative principles and the whole thing. And then I thought, well, that's, I know what's at risk. What does the left say is at risk? What is the left saying about this election? If, if the Republicans main con- maintain control of the House and the Senate. Well, by the way, they've been in control for 15 years or so. How bad has it been for you? <laughs> has it been disastrous? That would just continue if that's the case. But the left, I've been noticing the left blogs and left websites. They've got this little theme going on. What's at stake on November 5th? And they've got some talking points on it. I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through that and see what they're scared of. They're they're scared to death because on November 5th, you know what's at stake? If the Republicans maintain control. Here's what's at stake. Reproductive freedom. Yeah, it's powerful, I know. If we don't have the right to reproduce, that's that's a that's a little bit of a fear-mongering statement, isn't it? So on Tuesday, if you don't vote for Democrats, you're going to have uh, you're going to lose your reproductive freedom. 
I don't want them punished with a baby. <laughs> exactly. Come on now. Uh, reproductive freedom. That's a great way to word it. Uh, actually, it's more about a radical pro-abort agenda. I'm going to share more of that in a second. Let me go for these other ones. What's at stake on November 5th, according to the left? Mother Earth. No, no, not just Virginia's waterways or whatever. Mother Earth. If everybody's raising living standards <laughs> to the point where everybody's got a car and everybody's got air conditioning and everybody's got a big house, uh, well, the planet will boil over. Not after Virginia. If Virginia votes for Democrats on November 5th, the planet's not going to boil over? Are you kidding me? Is that a little hyperbole, you leftists? You really think what's at risk is Mother Earth on November 5th? Mighty Watson. On November 5th, you think Mother Earth is under attack. So if Virginia turns blue and all the Democrats run the Senate and the House, then we're going to save the planet? All right, here's what else is at stake, according to this left. A welcoming Virginia. Because the last 15 years of Republican control, it's been unwelcoming. As soon as you hit the border, people are turning you away. They don't want you here. We're unwelcoming, according to the left. And that's at risk on November 5th. So on Tuesday, if you don't vote for Democrats, you know what's at risk of welcoming Virginia? We're not going to welcome people anymore. We don't care about people. And then finally, what's at risk? LGBTQ rights. LGBTQ <laughs> community. <laughs> Their rights are at risk. Now, see, I've, I've struggled with this one specifically. So there's rights that are going to be attacked. The LGBTQ people, if, if you don't vote on November 5th, what's at stake is their rights? Are, 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 are they don't have the same rights I have? I don't understand. What rights are a threat? I mean, so based upon this statement, there's rights to be taken away from those people. You know, what, what rights will be taken away? Any of you leftists, 454-1366, if Republicans maintain control of the house they're going to implement things that take rights away all right let's look at that for a second here's what they're claiming they're claiming that currently our housing and public employment that virginia can fire people because of the lgbt now we don't have any records of that happening we've never seen it happen we don't know that it happens but apparently the boogeyman exists and we have to do something to prevent it yet what it, what would it mean to have a law that says you can't discriminate against do i have a law that prevents people from discriminating against me because i'm a heterosexual i i I don't know of one do i do i can i have one is it possible i could be fired because i'm a heterosexual i suppose it is has it ever happened i don't know but we need a law against it that's not taking rights away this is a total con and a lie and Here's what else they're concerned about in their little threat that is to them LGBT on Tuesday. The bathroom bill was a threat, apparently. You remember the bathroom bill? The bathroom bill was instituted to to require school principals to notify parents if a student wanted to be um, to use a different bathroom that did not correspond to their real gender. That's all it was, the bathroom bill. Or they essentially said, if you're a male, you go in males. And if you're a female, that's a threat that the left is concerned if the Republicans maintain control of the House and Senate. What's at stake on November 5th? Everyone listen, LGBTQ rights, they're at risk. No, they're not. Come on, you fear-mongering left. Now, the welcoming Virginia one, I think, is just a flat joke. 
I mean, come on. You're telling me since Republicans have been in charge, we've not been a welcoming Virginia? You people are insane. So the, the Democrats are literally running around saying, hey, if uh, this is at stake on November 5th, if you don't vote for Democrats, we're not going to have a welcoming Virginia. They say no matter what the Virginia GOP wants you to believe, they do not believe in a Virginia that is welcoming to all. Really? I miss that bill. Oh, they might be talking about illegal aliens, which we uphold the laws of the land, and that's a threat? I love how the left has co-opted the language to make it think the threat on Tuesday is a welcoming Virginia. I laid awake all night this week thinking, oh my gosh, if Virginia's not a what Mark, you too? Did you lay awake worrying about it not being a welcoming place? No, you didn't either? <laughs> You're honest with me. No, I was awake all night long. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. This is a huge threat on Tuesday. If the Republicans maintain control, it's an unwelcoming Virginia. I just wouldn't be able to function. All right. But the best two, Mother Earth is a, is a threat if Republicans maintain. And reproductive freedom is at stake on Tuesday if you don't vote Democrats. More details on that coming up. What scares you about Tuesday? What's at stake on Tuesday? You tell me. 454-1366. 66 We are the Lee Brothers, or me, Scott Lee, wishing Richard were here. The Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. No opinion, no slant, just the facts. Yeah, right. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. Democrats have to talk, tell voters what they're going to be do for them. Brilliant. T Mac making the case. <laughs> That's great. He's running around, by the way, in Kirk Cox's district trying to convince people that the Republicans are evil. And the last 15 years of Republican control is, is a nightmare. It's a crisis. So at stake on Tuesday, according to the left and all their blogs, reproductive freedom and Mother Earth are at stake. You, I, I just, I find this unbelievable. It's not even hyperbole. It's just, it's just lies. By the way, there are real risks to changing the direction of Virginia. You can go vote Democrat on Tuesday. You'll change the direction of Virginia. You'll get a higher minimum wage, which will stifle growth. You'll get right to work laws repealed. You'll get green policies that restrict your freedom. You'll get a grand new awesome transgender bill, I'm sure. You'll have more government involvement in health care. There'll be a change. Or you could look at the last 15 years of Republican control and think, you know what? We're doing pretty good. Then you could believe the left and see what's at stake on Tuesday. I love the Mother Earth one. What's stake? What's the stake on November 5th? Mother Earth. I mean, it's so silly, but the left loves this stuff. Here's what it says in their little article. The time for action is yesterday. Well, if it was yesterday, we missed it. Then who cares about Tuesday? It's too late anyway. Let's burn the whole country down. The time for action is yesterday. So here in Virginia, we can't seem to pass any kind of mandatory portfolio standard to force utilities. We, we can't force energy efficient standards. We can't force fossil fuels to stop building. There's a word force throughout this entire thing. Not free markets working to make energy better. For you and me at a cost uh, uh, affordable. But to mandate, to save not Virginia, 
but Mother Earth, they say. It's just laughable. That's a fun one. That's actually kind of funny because the left is so hell-bent on this. They use the word hell-bent. They think we're going to hell. They think they can save Mother Earth by putting um, filler corn as the new Speaker of the House. Save the planet, Mother Earth. It's ridiculous. How about this one? Reproductive freedom on stake on Tuesday. If you don't vote Democrats, there'll be no more reproductive freedom. Now, I love the code word for this, reproductive freedom. It's abortion, folks. That's what they're saying. They're concerned that you won't be able to abort a baby. They say Virginia already restricts access to abortions. Well, they do so because they require informed written consent. What a crime. And they require uh, women to undergo an ultrasound 24 hours or at least sign a waiver saying they refuse or didn't want to hear a fetal heartbeat. That's the restrictions that are so horrible in Virginia. Now, you can change that. You can go to the bill that Kathy Tran pushed. Here's an example of it. How late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay, but to the end of the third trimester. Yep, I don't think we have a limit in the bill. Where yep. it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand make that. At that. I'm point. asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. Oh, good. That's real reproductive freedom, including to the birth of the child, all the way to the 40th week. That's the freedom they're talking about. So you're right. You know what's at stake on Tuesday? Infanticide. Catherine Tran's bill is what they want. And they want it publicly funded. So, yeah, there's a risk. It's just not reproductive freedom. It's life itself. And Ralph Northam had no problem with it either. I'll tell you what. There's, a, there's something at risk on Tuesday. I'm sorry, there is. It's, 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 it's life. It is. It's children born in a botched abortion where the governor of Virginia says, well, then we need to consult and find out what to do with this live baby. And we got bills saying, oh, my bill allows for death up to well, birth, yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? The left actually thinks reproductive freedom's at risk. But what they're really calling for is something a lot more scary. So you do have a choice on Tuesday. Instead of kind of a big day, I'm just saying that we are literally two seats away from losing control of the General Assembly. And there's really much at stake. You may say, well, my, my Democrat isn't so bad like that. My Democrat doesn't have a desire for infanticide. Well, that Democrat will vote with the Democrats who have it. So when I come back, I want to go through a couple of the uh, tight races here in the local area, kind of tell you what I'm thinking you should vote for if you value my opinion at all. Uh, that's next. And your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. One day, a pretty, fresh-faced young lady, intelligent and sincerely concerned, asked me if abortion wasn't preferable to making a young, unmarried girl have a baby she didn't want and which would therefore grow up unloved and probably turn out to be a criminal. 
I gave an answer which apparently she hadn't considered. I told her there were literally millions of people in this country who wanted but could not have children and who waited eagerly, sometimes for years, to adopt the baby she had described. That such a child would not be unloved, very much the opposite was true. There were always some raised hands and unanswered questions after the cameras were turned off, and I always tried to stay around to answer them, even though we were no longer on the air. Well, this day... Another, equally attractive girl, had her hand half-raised. I called on her, but she didn't have a question. Instead, she said, I am adopted. I think a great deal of my folks, and I think they feel the same about me. And then she added this unforgettable line. I'm glad no one killed me. Richmond's Conservative Compass, The Lee Brothers, on 820 WNTW. Yeah. All right, coming up, I'm going to tell you why you're stronger and more powerful than a president. You won't want to miss that. And normally he in five, uh, actually in eight minutes, normally he will be with me from Washington Post, talk about the election. Meanwhile, look, there's there's a bunch of races that I just want to draw your attention to real quick. The commissioner of revenue in Chesterfield. Uh, Tim Peters against Jennifer Hughes, who, by the way, uh, Tim McPeters, I'm sorry. What did I say? Yeah, it's McPeters. Uh, Tim McPeters uh, is my choice, by the way. Phenomenal human being. But, you know, you just notice how Jennifer spells her name. It's like it's awful. Um, I'm sure Jennifer's like, come on, that's terrible. How I spell my. Well, it's just that's not how you spell Jennifer. I'm just saying. Uh, so you need to vote for McPeters because she spells her name horribly. <laughs> There's other examples, obviously. All right. Other parts of the um, the races. I want to get to the attorney, Commonwealth's attorney, uh, huge fan of Stacey Davenport. So get out there and 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 the Commonwealth and vote there. A couple House of Delegates races that are are pretty are pretty good to watch. One is the one with um, Barnett and Robinson, Roxanne Robinson, District Twenty Seven. Robinson is outstanding. Uh, stick with her. Vote with her. Um, and then a couple others. One is uh, I'm a huge fan in the 65th district of Delegate Lee Ware. This the, there's not when you think of, of a statesman, this is the guy. There, there, and I would take Lee Ware over everybody in the House of Delegates. He's he's the most unbelievable human being. Period. A great, great um, member of the General Assembly and a great concern for his constituents. So Delegate Lee Ware in the 65th District, awesome guy. Kurt Cox, of course. I mean, there's really no comparison here. I mean, uh, Bynum Coleman versus Delegate Cox. I mean, this is like, it's it's so different in in the, and I don't want to be rude to Bynum Coleman, but she's just, she's way out of her league. She's ignorant of a lot of the issues, and Kurt Cox, please, in that race itself would be would be huge. So think there. And then in the state Senate, big ones here, uh, District 10. Uh, Hashim against Sturdivant. Glenn Sturdivant needs to win this. Um, Glenn Sturdivant is, uh, uh, now he's not like me, but a great human being. So Glenn Sturdivant in District 10. Of course, 11th District, Chesfield, Amanda Chase against Amanda Pohl. Uh, of course, Senator Chase is the pick there. So make sure you you um, take some records there and uh, and pay attention. Point is, get out and vote. And coming up, you'll see why it's so important in the next session. Check us out at WNTWTheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes your R page. 
Three great videos there. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. And Norm Leahy from the Washington Post. Lee Brothers, 92.7 AM, 820. WNTW. You don't need your head examined. That's what you need. Where a comedy act and a serious thought collide. The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. My long friend, time friend is... <laughs> My is long that? friend, time friend. <laughs> That's for real. They My should... long friend, time friend, and she's a friend. She's... No, why wouldn't he stop? And... Long okay, friend, on. time friend, she's a friend. Why would travel through time? Just after 533. Outside the Capitol of the Commonwealth of Virginia. We are the Lee Brothers, Virginia citizens and American patriots. My name's Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother, usually sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. He's in the hospital recovering from cancer surgery. He's cancer-free, but he's got an infection, so they made him stick around. He was all doped up today, signed the drug, and actually sounded like he was having fun to some degree, but anyway. I want jelly beans. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Richard, miss you much, buddy. Uh, prayers for him, and uh, hopefully he'll be back here next week with us. I'm sure he'll make the election. Speaking of long friend, long time friends, uh, Norm Leahy's joining me from the uh, Washington Post and an all around commentator and all things Virginia. Norm, Scott, you old reprobate, how are you? <laughs> hey, buddy, good to talk to you, man. I, I miss you. Um, I miss you a lot, actually. We, we used to talk weekly. Now we talk. Uh, well, <laughs> eight months ago. I don't remember when it yeah. was, but you, you, good to have you. Yeah, we always good to be on. We we talk when there's a crisis. And yeah. it seems like listening to your show, it seems like you're definitely in crisis mode. <laughs> well, nothing's changed then. I guess that's yep. uh, yeah, it's all good. All right, so um you you do have your um your ear to the ground, your finger on the pulse. I'm looking for other clichés about the uh about this election. I've been reading some of the things you're talking about with the um some old business that needs to be done in the general assembly when they come back and and uh, the amount of mail we're getting and how the impeachment impacts the election. But I wanted yeah. to get your take just in general. I mean, you, you've you've obviously watching this closely. And the big conversation is the swing that could happen in the in the Senate and the House. And if that does happen, it will be it, it'll be quite dramatic, won't it? Well, there's the potential. Uh, Virginia uh, traditionally doesn't have dramatic elections. They're very state affairs, and they're almost status quo affairs. That really did change in 2017 when the Democrats, in a wave election, uh, took 15 seats in the House of Delegates, almost took control of that chamber. Yep. Virginia hasn't seen that kind of a wave election in a long time. And then it followed up in 2018, winning three uh, House of Representatives, U.S. House of Representative seats. So uh, I've, I've told folks fairly consistently because, you know, I changed my mind a lot, but that um, <laughs> Donald Trump is one of the best get out the vote tools that we've seen in Virginia since Barack Obama. For Democrats. <laughs> For Democrats. Right. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. And that's the way it is. Well, I don't I don't doubt that. I, I was going to ask you where you see the passion. And I, I guess it's there. Right. They're more passionate and fired up because of Trump. Well, and they are. But it's it, it's it's lumpy. The passion is lumpy. It's not spread <laughs> evenly across uh, across the the. the, the Things, but at the, because when you when you think about it, um, one of the things that uh, has bedeviled Republicans are the urban areas and the suburban uh, in particular. I think that might be true again, very strongly be true again this time around. Uh, Republicans conversely have done very well in rural areas. Yeah, uh, 
less populated, ex-urban areas. Their strength there is, if anything, a gaining. Uh, but the problem is the numbers. There just aren't the numbers in the Not enough place. people. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, this, you and I both know, and right. hopefully all of the listeners do, politics is a game of addition. And it, when you run out of numbers, you've got to stop adding. And the Democrats right now, if they do it right, uh, could add at least a couple seats here and there enough to take control. But they should be extraordinarily careful what they wish for, because gaining control doesn't mean they're going to get everything they've told people uh, they're going to get. Why not? Well, gosh, there's a huge difference between campaigning and governing. <laughs> That's true. But if they have the Senate, they have the House, and they got Northam. Well, yeah, but there's uh, it, there's roadblocks to everything. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest being the state budget, which has to be balanced every year. That's right. And if you believe the uh, Northam's money people, that's the state right now is spending more money than it takes in, uh, and that is going to accelerate, particularly because of Medicaid expansion and some other things. But uh, how do you pay for all of the things that people have been promised on the campaign trail? Yeah, right, exactly. There are a couple of things. Northern's telling his people, you know, we need to look at uh, spending restraint. And the memo has also gone out, as I think it was to um, university professors. Make sure you include everything in this and really trump uh, or, or trumpet your case that uh, unless you get all the money you need, uh, the sky will fall and et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. they could have a huge budget battle in 2020 that scotches all of these promises uh, because the, 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 I guess the long story short, there's the real potential we could have a tax battle. And you and I have seen these tax yeah. battles in the past. Yeah, right. There they will be, I think. They, they get ugly, and they tend to break the party in control. Yeah, that's a good think, point. They've done it before. Yeah. So, yeah, Republicans have done it twice. Now it's Democrats' turn. <laughs> how big a deal do you think this is, Norm? I mean, at the Washington Post, you're, you see a lot of national impact. Virginia, it tends to be kind of the bellwether, like Chesterfield is for Virginia. Virginia is for the country. Big yeah. deal on Tuesday, then. Yeah, I think so. And it is something if you want to do look at Chesterfield as a bellwether, then that bell has been ringing on the left side no a, little bit, a little bit more. But those are in larger scale elections. We haven't had a state Senate race. Uh, and and certainly the last time the House delegates was up, that was a wave election. So this is really the test. We have two data points right now. We have a line. We don't have that third, which is a trend. Right. And that will be what we get Tuesday. I think the, the closer you get to Washington, D.C., the more nationalized the races become. And certainly we have seen some of the – I'm sure that people go to their mailboxes with trepidation these days. Uh, wondering what kind of horror show is going to be uh, stuck in the mailbox. <laughs> you know, on one hand, it's either we're heading straight for Leninism or uh, The Handmaid's Tale is here. Take your pick. Right. Well, um, like I just said earlier, I mean, the Democrats are saying that Mother Earth is on the ballot on Tuesday. I didn't know that. I, that's a big that's a big statement that no Mother Earth was under threat on Tuesday. So I, well, I just keep all I can think of when you talk about that is that old margarine commercial from the 70s. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was the margarine commercial anyway. Exactly. But. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. But yeah, yeah, everybody's got their things. Oh, this is in, on the uh, ballot and this is at stake. I discount those things about 150%. Yeah, I, you always have. You, you've always kind of discounted those. I be, that's because it's so divisive and they're appealing to their base and they think if they throw it out there. But um, and I, I, think, I think sometimes it works. I think sometimes these works. negative things work. Of course it works because uh, the, op the, the the intention of a negative thing 
is to drive turnout down. They don't want a lot of people to show up for these elections because the more people show up, the less predictable the outcomes are. And we've we've seen that before when outcome, when uh, when turnout goes up for for example it went up in 2017, and and it was unpredictable. My God, we had a wave election. Nobody saw that coming until the wave had swept passes and went out to sea. <laughs> I you, love you your know, analogies. You know, yeah. <laughs> so where where your where your life preserver this time, um, or your water wings, uh, depending on your your needs. But the uh, the 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 mail you get, the ads you see on TV, they are they are low and dishonest. And they are meant to insult your intelligence. They are. Either make- On both sides. I got to tell you, you know, a lot of times you look at it and go, okay, that's just silly. I mean, I'm even for the candidate, but you're saying that this guy's that is just ridiculous. I wish it would. It, it's not going to change. We could sit here and talk about how you know pure that we'd like it to be, but it's, it's just not. It's called politics for a reason. You know, well, what's, yeah. you know what's interesting about this race is I, I feel like there's a whole lot more outside influence than I typically remember. Am I wrong on that? I, could, I know yeah. there's a lot of outside money, but it seems outrageous proportions that outside is funding these different districts. They have no they have no really interest in it. I just talked to a voter on, in the last hour has no idea what district they're in. And they're all animated about the election in some other district. Well, yeah, that tends to happen. I, I uh, definitely, folks, look up a sample ballot online. You can go to the Virginia Public Access Project and, and find a sample ballot. You can go to ballotpedia.org, enter your address, find a sample ballot, who you're voting, who's on your ballot. Uh, so you know who those people are, who those candidates are. Get yourself educated. Um, it's the worst thing in the world is for somebody to wander in a polling place and realize, Oh, none of the people I was agitated about are on my ballot. Who are these? Chumps? I don't know a thing about them. I gave my cell number. Just call me and ask me. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, quite honestly, uh, an educated electorate really is a threat to the political status quo because that means you have more perspective on what's going on than what you're told in the latest mailer or thirty-second TV. I wish it was. Uh, I wish we were more educated. No doubt about it. But it's the outside money too, Norm, that drives me crazy. I wish there was some way to. Say we got you know billions flowing in from George Soros or whoever, but there, there's outside money in this campaign like never before. Well, that's because the stakes really are high, yeah. and particularly for the party that's out of power in this case, being the Democrats. Democrats, right? And 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 having a huge Democratic feel, they're feeling their energy. That they're really testing themes. They're testing right. uh, just to get out the vote. So yeah, you're going to see this money in because it is a, a test for next year's election. And, you know, we saw it in 2015, too. So, yeah, of course, we're going to see it this time. Well, the good news is, is on Tuesday, I don't even wear ads. <laughs> Are you kidding, Scott? That's when the 2020 <laughs> It doesn't. Like, wait a minute. I don't even get Christmas. I mean, why can't I wait till 2020 to get more ads? <laughs> I mean, no I way. Get you, buckle up, sweetheart. It's going to get rough. Well, you know, you and me, we don't mind. I mean, we don't. We love this kind of stuff. This is what we live for. We, I don't mind getting all that stuff. I think it's the people who are like, you know, going about their lives are like, this is ridiculous. You know, I can't even open my mailbox without being told that my neighbor is a fascist or something. I don't know. Right, well, yeah, it, it fascist, communist, right. something like that. Or, there, they, yeah, there's some boogeyman, which, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, peering over the fence. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's the, that's the next thing, the 2020. I, Scott, in the 7th Congressional District where I live, I'm all, and you live in there too, don't yeah, you? that's right. Mm-hmm. You've probably already gotten some mail from candidates seeking the Republican nomination for Congress in the 7th District. I don't recall that, actually. I, I would think I, I would remember. You do already. Wow. I have. It's mm. stunning. It is stunning. Uh, that is stunning. It never yeah. ends. It's just like, we want a break. I guess next weekend we'll take the break and then we'll move on. Norm, oh, yeah, we'll take, 
I need I need your prediction. The normally he Washington Post prediction. Can you provide that or is it a secret? Uh, predictions are for suckers. I knew uh, you would take that take. Anyway, tell me anyway. No, I think um, Democrats have to feel somewhat good about their position. Yeah. There's conventional wisdom is they will probably take the Senate, uh, have a good chance to take the House. I tend to think the House will be close. Uh, but I do think that uh, if Democrats don't take both the House and Senate, it will be a devastating loss for them. I agree with that. I hope it is. I do. <laughs> Norm, you're a great American. Always appreciate you. Thanks for joining me on this uh, show before the election and uh, look forward to talking to you on Wednesday when the whole thing's over. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Uh, yeah, you too. That's Norm Leahy. He's a columnist for the Washington Post and all-around commentator on things that are of the Commonwealth. But Virginia, that is. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366. We are the Lee Brothers, 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. The Lee Brothers, proclaiming liberty over tyranny on AM820 WNTW. So things, things left to themselves, they always get worse. Have you noticed this? Cars get dirty. People get heavier and out of shape. The trend is always negative if it's left to itself. Things break down and need repair and... And freedom fades. I guess positive trends require work. It becomes easy to trust government. As people age, I guess securities fade. Governments grow. But when governments grow... By definition, freedom wanes. Distracted by our culture and cultural TV shows and fads and wealth, people forget. And liberty diminishes. And silently, tyranny grows. Without diligence, Freedom will disappear. You see, it was Thomas Paine that said, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. And now they're sometimes so tiresome. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We don't pass it in our children's bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected and handed on for them to do the same. You see, we're, we're in a battle of ideas. In fact, a battle of ideals of freedom. A battle for the very foundation of the republic. In fact, in many of these principles are similar to the very reason that caused us to put pen to paper 
outlining the assaults on liberty by King George III. You see, today we have a group of people that have forgotten our founding ideals. They've forgotten why government was limited and the threat of a large overreaching federal government or even state government. You see, today people are comfortable. They're comfortable in a promise. A promise of a fake utopia, fake security in exchange for freedom. You know, you remember the freedom to fail. The freedom to succeed. And the freedom to live without government mandates or dictates. Unfortunately, many of our politicians cater to government promises. Promises paid for by your neighbor. This is not why Patrick Henry stood up on the floor of St. John's Church right here in Richmond and made the case for liberty. Henry wasn't interested in a government that would mandate light bulbs, health care, or wages. No. In fact, Henry said, if life's so dear, so sweet, as to be purchased at the price of change and slavery, forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others will take, but as far as me, liberty, give me liberty or death. Do you remember? You remember men used to talk this way? They used to talk about freedom and liberty, discussing the need to expand it. Yet today, men discuss American Idol and how the federal government should do no, no more, not less. There was a time when men thought freedom so dear they would die for it. There was the same men who thought our Constitution meant something and a smaller government meant more freedom. The fact is, men who went before us died for the very freedom we are letting slip through our hands. Tuesday, this week, we get to honor them. We get to honor them with our diligence in upholding the freedom they died to protect and the freedom they died to give us. The best way to thank men like Jefferson, Madison, Mason, Washington, and Henry is to fight for what they stood for. Today, now you, it's your turn to fight for the freedom they provided. But it will not require you to give up your life, your fortune, or your sacred honor. However, it will require you to be wise, thoughtful, and discriminating with the one great freedom that is still left, your freedom to vote. You are in Virginia. The battle is here, and on our flag it reads six separate tyrannus, death to tyrants. In other words, we here are Virginia citizens and American patriots. We prefer liberty to tyranny. You, on Tuesday, will have the power of George Washington, the power to lead 25 barefoot, bloodied troops across the Delaware to win the battle of Trenton. On Tuesday, you will be more powerful than any president. It is up to you. You decide. Your children and your children's children are counting on you. Will you vote for more government or less? Will you vote to expand freedom or shrink it? The choice is yours. Choose wisely. Simple facts, persuasive arguments, and common sense, like Thomas Paine. 
The Lee Brothers on 820 WNTW. And that's a wrap. And if Richard were here, it'd be like Halloween candy stacked to the ceiling wrap. Because that's exactly what I have, because I had like six trick-or-treaters last night. I uh, want Jelly B. <laughs> I miss you. Richard Lee's still in the hospital. We cover your prayers this week, and hopefully we'll get out and get rid of this infection and move on for the cause of freedom and liberty. At least get out and vote on Tuesday. All right, it's a big day Tuesday, folks. This is the only freedom you have. Well, a few of them you have left, but this is a big one. Make sure you uh, give it some thought and prayer and concentration as you uh, continue to uh, make sure that you get out and, and, and make an impact for the cause. That is very, very good. Mathis Burnett, he was a pastor at the First Baptist Church in 1803. He said, watch over your liberties and your privilege with a careful eye. That's your goal this coming week on Tuesday. Need any help? Let me know. Patriots at LeeBrothers.com. Check us out, WNTWTheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. There, you'll find the case against socialism, a demonstration of insanity that's hilarious, and why our October 31st was so important. All at WNTWTheAnswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you directly to our page. If you love freedom, you love liberty, and the cause that is uh, Washington discussed, then you can join us here every Friday from 4 to 6. And, of course, every Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 10, right here at 92.7 FM and 820 WNTW. Six for Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are, on Young. Now, you go home. The science of climate change is leaping out at us like a scene from a 3D movie. Hey, you nit- Friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you.